Oh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm on coffee. So. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. See, I am. Um... My fancy mug. <laughs> Ooh, that is a very nice it's mug. <laughs> Mine has like something lame on it. Oh, it says home sweet home. I guess that's not too bad. I mean, <laughs> depends who's saying it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I mean, it belonged to my parents, so I'll just think okay. of it as cute. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. We'll get started. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. You're very giggly. Sorry. <laughs> I yes, I probably should have warned you. I'm very animated. I I I'll be moving a lot. <laughs> Whereas I'm the the contrast of I speak a lot with my hands, but my mom says if I'd be any more laid back, I'd fall over. So. <laughs> oh my goodness that's so funny no I actually really enjoy uh listening to yelling at podcast uh yelling at podcasts yelling, yelling at concrete um because your voice is so soothing thank you and so I'm always like yeah this is excellent I'm like, this is the right person for the job it's, it's the contrast to the name I have of <laughs> yelling at concrete, when in reality right. I'm actually quite quiet and, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious actually I never thought of that <laughs> Um, so I'm terrible at introducing guests so if you could tell people what who you are and what you're up to what you do yay okay yes um I should have been ready for this because I knew you were gonna ask me to introduce myself mm-hmm. <laughs> um okay well I'm Natal I go by Natal Rocks um that's my like artist name um I uh, the, the main thing that I do is I'm editor-in-chief of Bipan Mag um, which is like an online zine geared towards like queers and allies here in colonial Canada and then I do some stuff on the side like I do a lot of like production assistance like I work in film I like little documentaries and things like that um and I make cheesy art at home. <laughs> <Who doesn't? laughs> yeah. And I work um, at an art gallery part time. And I also work as a substitute teacher. Thank you so much. So, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. So you are, you're coming from, from, yeah, from, you, words have failed me. I think you mentioned Calgary. You're in, around Calgary? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was living in Calgary. Right. Um, I'm actually from a smaller city. It's in uh, Treaty uh, Treaty 7. Um, and uh, it's like northern Alberta. So I'm not sure if you like looked at Canada or not, but Alberta is kind of like this like yeah. rectangle. <laughs> I, know, I know bits of Canada. Like Yeah, I- so it's like right next to British Columbia. And right. it's like northern so like bc is like south and like alberta or and then grand prairie is like north and so yeah so i'm i'm from i'm from like literal like rural alberta (laughs) yes (laughs) i find a lot of similarities between um canada and the whole area and where i'm from because i'm from lincolnshire in the uk which is like a big farming state area so people are like I'm from rural here and I'm like yeah no I get that vibe (laughs) yeah yeah for real yeah and so the thing with Alberta is if you go south Mm -hmm. it's rural in the sense uh like where you're from where it's just farm like there's just all kinds of farm um and then if you go north where I'm from it's all oil and gas (laughs) so that's where all like the fracking and all of that stuff is done so here it's like oil town <laughs> I'm, I'm originally from a steel town so i i, I know that okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so you really do get it <laughs> it's, it's just the the overlap is is incredible but <laughs> you mentioned the term there which i i feel like a lot of people won't know and i had to look up you you mentioned treaty seven as a a place yeah what is that in in your description I guess oh geez okay well let me try to do my best to educate um so I don't actually I don't even know but it's essentially it's like a historical thing so from when like the British 
were over here colonizing Canada. They made treaties with the indigenous people. Okay. And so then they separated the land and there's like treaty one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, so I just happened to live in the area that's called treaty seven, mm-hmm. which is Northern Alberta. So like, it depends where you are, but Alberta's, Alberta has two treaties. Right. So Northern Alberta's treaty seven and then Southern Alberta's treaty eight. Okay. Um, and they're like pretty big, like land masses. Like yeah. you could live in Treaty Seven, and you could live in like nine or ten different cities. So, yeah. <laughs> there may be many questions about Canada. I may have as, as we go. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, yeah. So I, I visited Canada uh, once in my lifetime, um, no and it was 2019, and I went to Ontario and. Ottawa and, and all that and I, I was there for like two weeks but my my knowledge of the rest of the Canada has been picked up from having guests on the show so. oh yeah yeah you actually had quite a bit of Canadian guests <laughs> I've, noticed that I've got another one coming as well who's out in Vancouver <laughs> nice oh that'll be nice that'll be really cool we try to, <laughs> yeah. try to expose the world to Canada <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Alberta's very different right. than Ontario though um, it's not as cool. It's not as okay. big city. <laughs> I found Ontario quite strange because I, I spent time in Ottawa and then in to- Toronto. And the contrast between those two places is so vast. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. It's just different, weird, weirdly different cities to say they're huge at the same time. The, the it's funny. Right? Yeah, it's funny because it's like Canada's huge. And so we really have like... It's very diverse in what you can get here. <laughs> um, so you did an interesting thing, which I thought uh, I would broach in that we, we had a few conversations in terms of I, I found you through Bipan, obviously, when you submitted to Coke Oven and got your <laughs> magazine going on there. And then you, you basically told me your life story. Almost I instantly. did. <laughs> I, I misread your thing and I thought you had said because you had said a little bit about myself or something right. like that and I read it as tell me a little bit about yourself <laughs> and so I was like yeah okay and then I sent it and then I reread the email and I was like he didn't ask for this at all <laughs> I, it was one of those moments of like I opened up the email I was like wow this this person is extremely open <laughs> with, with their life Got three I mean, paragraphs I am, <laughs> I, I am I am an open book but that was quite embarrassing I'm not gonna lie I was like a little bit embarrassed after I reread the email and realized that's not at all what you asked me <laughs> I, I mean, was like it, well it, it was incredibly interesting though I'm, I'm gonna say as a, a person you had such a diverse life <laughs> like you said you've lived three lives in the space of one <laughs> like, oh my gosh yeah I was just bragging I was just bragging just, just, <laughs> so, oh yeah just just casually went to this place and did this thing studied ballet you know <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious oh gosh yeah I need to learn on my literacy I need to get on my literacy skills a little bit <laughs> I liked it I mean I mean kind of going on through through a bit about that then you're like you seem to have lived in a lot of places kind of a little bit (laughs) um just like recently in like the last like five years I'd say because really honestly I grew up here my -hmm. whole life until I was about 20 and then I went to university um but I actually I have actually only really lived in Alberta when it comes to Canada I've only lived in a few cities in Alberta and then it wasn't until I went to El Salvador um, in Central America Mm -hmm. that that was the first time I lived outside of Alberta and outside of Canada (laughs) I mean that's that's a big change if you've lived in Canada I know your family's originally from El Salvador Oh yeah, it definitely was. It was yeah. it was a huge culture shock. Everything I did was weird. Even the way I swept, they found weird. Oh, you swept. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I wish that was a lie. <laughs> I was like helping with chores and they're like, why do you why, why are you doing it like that? I was like, what's wrong with the way I'm doing it? <laughs> it is, yeah, it's so funny, just like little tiny differences yeah. that I don't I still don't know what was wrong with the way I was sweeping I never got an answer <laughs> clearly just incorrect this <laughs> wasn't good <laughs> I mean is, is that kind of I mean you mentioned and when you sent me like you obviously you started by pan as a kind of like 
it, was it more of like a reaction to like all the things you'd seen or was this just kind of some an idea you'd had boiling for a long time I wish it was an idea that I had boiling for a long time maybe it was I think honestly it was just like the pandemic I was like stuck in my apartment in Calgary mm-hmm. like completely isolated like not being able to like leave and stuff and yeah I was just like even though I was like in the same city as all my friends we were just always chatting online and stuff like that because you couldn't really go out and like here in Canada I don't know if it's the same in the UK but like you can get like fined they can get like a four thousand dollar fine like if you're like caught socializing and stuff oh we had that for a while that was like part of our lockdown yeah yeah so that's like definitely still a thing here so like if you like if you like people are kind of snakes here and they'll like call the cops on like their neighbors and be like there's a mysterious car in the driveway and like like you know um so yeah so things are like kind of intense here a little bit um and uh yeah so I don't know for like fear of you know everything's so new and stuff and this was like right in 2020 this was June 2020 um and all my friends are artists like all my friends are very talented um like way more talented than I'll ever be like so incredible and so I was I was I just was kind of like hey do you guys want to like put a bunch of stuff together make a zine and a lot of my friends had never even really heard of zines right and um yeah and so I was I kind of like knew about zines from when I was like little um and I always just like thought they were cool because I was always into like scrapbooking and collaging and stuff like that and so then um I was like let's do it but I'm gonna do it all like online like it's gonna be paperless and it's gonna be like the coolest thing ever and I I don't know I was just kind of like pulling ideas out of my butt and all my friends were totally like gung-ho because everyone was locked inside and was like desperate for a task um so yeah so the first like three issues that I did were honestly like I know everyone that submitted like (laughs) and so yeah and so then after those like first three issues that came out and I was doing it monthly I don't know how I was doing that um but I was one was coming out like every month um and uh what was I gonna say oh yeah and then yeah and then I was just like posting it on my Instagram it was before I even created like the bipan Instagram account it was just like my personal Instagram and like strangers were like can we submit like can we get on this and can we and I was like really (laughs) like I was like flattered I was like really like (laughs) you want to be a part of this this is kind of cool or like or if not it was like a friend of a friend like they were like oh you know my friend so and so I saw that they were in it like could I be in it too and so this is kind of like word of mouth and yeah, it just kind of like blew up into what it is today. Yeah, I mean, you're just going to say you found kind of the zine community fairly kind of acceptive and willing to engage with your content. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And like, uh, the cool part is, is like, I wouldn't even say it was like just the zine community. Like, I think it was just like, Calgary artists and like Canadian artists and things like that like a lot of people were like what's a zine and like kind of confused and I felt like I was like doing like zine 101 with people and like kind of like explaining like we get to like publish whatever we want like however we want and things like that and people are like this is so cool I've never heard of this I was like oh I was like it didn't seem like such a like wild idea when I first brought it up but a lot of people were definitely like really like shocked by it yeah it's always strange to kind of meet people and and they ask you kind of like oh what do you do and you're like oh well I I make these things and they're like why yeah (laughs) what you you know like don't don't you look for like a publisher or something like no 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 I just print it myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of the time I honestly feel like I'm just talking to myself (laughs) like I'm just like like hey Natal check out all of these artists oh this is great like and then I'm like is anyone else even actually reading these <laughs> it's, it's interesting you mentioned it like I can't like you saying like when you got started a lot of it was like friends and people you knew I think a lot of a lot of especially a lot of indie projects do start like that of just finding you you know your four closest friend, friends and throwing them into something you want to do collaboratively and then it just exponentially grows yeah yeah 
I got lucky that that's what happened and that people wanted to be a part of it because I had no idea. <laughs> is it a look or is it is it because there was a void and that neat void needed filling with some stuff yeah a bit of both honestly <laughs> although it's so funny though because now that I've started publishing zines it's been like about a year now the mm. amount of like queer BIPOC zines that I've run into I'm like it feels like everybody's doing this mm. like in like the best way though like I'm like I'm not the only one this is cool so like I actually now at this point I've definitely found zine community um, like in Canada specifically and like it's it's actually really neat um but originally I felt like I was like by myself in the ocean (laughs) looking for a lighthouse (laughs) I think that's what got me when you you kind of sent it through and I was like reading about it and obviously whenever I put something on Cocoa and I read about it just to make sure I'm not putting anything ridiculous on there. <laughs> but I was kind of reading through it. I was like, well, this, you know, this seems familiar. Like this, I've seen a lot of zines, which are, you know, queer zines, especially. Um, and that's a huge part of the culture and like BIPOC zines. And I was like, okay, right. But there's a combination here and it's real. It's so it's, it's almost like niche, but not niche at the same time, because it's two massive communities, which are being brought into one concept yeah so and yeah I just kind of put it I was like yeah no this will this will work this, this will go <laughs> yay yeah yeah I definitely yeah I knew it wasn't like a totally original concept but it was it was definitely like needed like at least in Alberta where I live like a lot of the zines that I've seen like come out of more <laughs> sorry I realize I'm stuttering a bit um uh, um, like Calgary is like a bigger city so it's like not so surprising and surprisingly Edmonton which is the capital of the province that I live in um, they actually have a fairly cool zine community as well um, but mainly like Ontario Vancouver Montreal right. um, like the bigger city cities have more of like a more of like a artistic queer BIPOC community rather than rural Alberta where people are still viewing like I've had comments where people are like BIPOC spaces isn't that segregation and I'm like no <laughs> and then I kind of have to like break things down for them and I'm like okay historically what has segregation been used to uphold okay so is this the same situation and of course they're like no but I'm like okay yeah. <laughs> I think this is, in a way, it's a strange kind of, I don't know, it's a weird reaction which you find when you you take something to someone and their instant reaction to it is like almost hostility. And it's like, I'm not coming at you in a hostile way. If if anything, I'm coming at you in quite a friendly manner. Here's my thing I'm making, you know, I'm just doing this. And they're like, no, 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 that's segregation. What? No. (laughs) Why are you so on edge? (laughs) Yeah it's very fascinating and yeah and it's it, yeah it's funny the amount of people are like um because I so publicly put out education out there on like the queer community and things like that the amount of people that just feel like I am now like a dictionary hmm. they'll just like message me and they'll be like well what is this and what is that and I'm like google is free like <laughs> like I'm like or you can subscribe and our little buy me coffee which is like our version of Patreon (laughs) and I was like and then I will mail you things right to your door then they usually be quiet because they don't want to send me money (laughs) there's money involved people just drop off from the conversation without (laughs) yeah they're like actually you know what I'll probably google these things myself The question is the, this is the classic art, artist situation of just like oh I love your work it's really 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 good and you say oh huh? how much do you charge for these things and then you give them the price and you just watch their faces gradually drop and walk away <laughs> and it's like yes it costs that much yeah I mean well that's why I actually wanted it to be free like I wanted it because it is free um I don't know if I mentioned that um but yeah the online version of it 
is free. Like, so we have, uh, we have like a buy me coffee where you can actually, like, I'll actually send people like a physical copy. It looks, looks like this. <laughs> and then, yeah, here's the front and back and the magazines inside. Um, and I'll send them like stickers and all this other kind of stuff. Like if people actually want to spend money on it, but if you, if you, if that's not in your budget, um, then there's a free version online and, like everything's free. We have all kinds of stuff online. We try and keep it updated and keep it accessible. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main goal. Yeah. Um. <laughs> there was a line on, on kind of the, the Bipan website, which I thought was really great. And it was it was good to see it kind of declared on the site, so to speak. And it was just kind of that line you have about um just appreciating that people come from different places but realizing that they may not have the chance to learn about any of this stuff and learn about different cultures and learn about that so ignorance isn't something which you can kind of look at and be like no you're you're evil because of this you've just never really had the opportunity and I thought it was nice to see that because like I say like a lot of people do get hostile when introduced with new information and it's like no there's a you know it's okay to learn <laughs> yeah yeah it's really funny um that's yeah something that I've noticed uh so I'm I'm on the spectrum I um have ASD I'm autistic and um one thing that yeah is I notice when neurotypicals they get it's like a it's like a point of like embarrassment yeah. which is like so funny because I'm like how could you be embarrassed about not knowing something like it's just so silly to me like this is like a concept that like I can't even grasp but yeah people get like very emotional about it and it's it's almost like yeah and like yeah I live in like I said Alberta and people here are like they're very um like blue collared working class type people and like I noticed they're also like very prideful what they know and things like this and so that's just part of the culture right and so yeah there's so many times where I like run into conversations and people either like pretend like they're like following along (laughs) or they just like yeah or they're just like have no idea what's going on so (laughs) talking about the magazine here where I actually live is like a little bit difficult but (laughs) online it's a little bit easier and I think that's like the nice thing about the magazine too is that you can look it up on your own time yeah like you know like you can look it up in the privacy of your room or your office or wherever and if you don't know something who cares it's literally just you reading off of a website <laughs> so it almost kind of gives you like that freedom of yeah quickly googling something if you don't know like yeah <laughs> quick search and it informs you a little bit why it's it's, it's it's a strange thing that i think i've seen it I mean, I've seen it a lot within my own communities and even within my own family kind of thing of where you you, br- you bring a new idea and there's a sensitivity to it. And it's almost like you you can see them reacting in a way that makes you think that they've reacted negatively to someone not knowing something further down the line or they've been mistreated within their community for not knowing something. And that's led to them just going, OK, well, now new information just doesn't get through. <laughs> not, not yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know when this started like when yeah I don't I'm curious to know because I was like we couldn't have always been like that because there, there was a time where like humans only knew so much information right and we were all learning yeah. <laughs> so I was I like when did this start <laughs> there's, a, there's a level of it kind of like it falls back to that I guess it um kind of information is power so if you if you can have a piece of information and say this is this and this is all it will ever be you have you've got complete power because you know everything within the world so when someone comes along and questions that then you have to sit back and go well this changes the power I have and that's an insecurity and that's someone going well this affects me and my livelihood and everything now even though it won't it's just new information and they that's just the fear just absolute fear and you that you kind of have to hand it off in a different way when you you encounter that and say well no here's how it fits into your world <laughs> yeah to take anything from you yeah that's actually um something that I've that I've been thinking a lot or that I've noticed like a lot in like the last year mm. is that we all live in different worlds and I just I never knew that <laughs> it's as weird as it sounds but I just I I just in my brain I was like we're all living in the same reality yeah. but we really aren't <laughs> <laughs> 
really am not. <laughs> and yeah, and I've, I've come to discover this in like the last like two years where, yeah, I've just like had some conversations with people and I'm like, whoa, like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> the crazy thing with that is you can be on the same street as someone and you're both still completely different viewpoints, backgrounds and everything. And you just yeah. meet them and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know how you have that view. I've never had that view. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Just so interesting. And, and I, I, I think that I'm a pretty like sympathetic person, right? I, I think maybe it's just like my background in psychology, but I, I definitely am very like empathetic towards other people's views. Like I'm like, Oh, like I can 100% see how you got there. Like that makes total sense to me, but like the other way around, like, for them to think that of me it's like it's like not there right. <laughs> and so then we're like okay well, let's agree to disagree and <laughs> but yeah but yeah I find yeah I find that I'm typically the one that understands mm-hmm. like both point of views whereas like they're usually just like stuck in one but maybe I don't know maybe I've just had some bad luck <laughs> oh, I, I think it's it's always an interesting thing to see. I mean, I think the example I always use, and I, I think I use it when I talk about my trip to Canada, is it's like when when you're learning new information, you're learning different worldviews, you kind of have to step back from it. One, like as soon as you've learned it, you're like, here's some brand new information. Like I didn't know that the history of Canada at, at all, really. Like before visiting there, it's like I knew Canada. I was like, I want to go. And it, it looks cool. It's like there's some stuff over there. And then I went to the Canadian Museum of History. <laughs> And I did the classic walk, which every white person ever does, which is I'm going to go through this museum and find out what we did wrong and which was hidden from us because no one's ever told us about it. No way. So you, you like get there and you're like, oh, okay. Right. And you, you almost kind of like, you almost become slightly deadpan to it. Like you've seen it all at this point. Like no one could come to me and say, yeah, you know, England did this and I'd be shocked by it because now I've, I've, seen it all and you kind of walk through and then you step back afterwards and go okay that's a lot of new information I kind of understand why a lot of people in this country hate me now um, <laughs> how, how do I move forward from this <laughs> oh my goodness and I think some people are capable of like doing that step back and some people just aren't and they see it as like oh this is clearly an attack on me and yeah that's so funny and I've I've actually I've had I've had similar stories, but the opposite, whereas Canadians will go to like the UK and then they'll hear someone in the background being like, "Uh, speak English correctly. (laughs) I had a friend who was like, because I I think I believe the term is the Queen's English, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, speak English correctly, speak the Queen's English or whatever. And my friend was like, we didn't ask to be colonized. Uh, I mean, to be honest, that that annoys me more than like anyone saying speak English. Like if if someone's approaching someone who doesn't speak English and like, oh, just speak English. When someone says the Queen's English, it riles me up more because I'm from like working class background when none of us speak like that anyway. Right? That's what I thought. I was like, I know like a lot of like British people, they don't even sound like <laughs> nobody speaks like this. The only reason you want to do this is because you want to be in control of this situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's usually like older people like that would do comments like that. Um, I don't think anyone like in our generation is oh, hopefully not. <laughs> usually, I find usually of our generation is people online get really like really like persnickety about English and language and grammar and I hate that because oh yeah I write like I speak so (laughs) we're doomed (laughs) yeah same yeah yeah a lot of the stuff that I write is very like like diary entry type format and it's just supposed to be like very personal like like I'm inviting someone like into my bedroom and I'm just like this is what it would be like to live inside my brain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I tend um, to not use commas that's my mistake I just, oh I just use huge wrong sentences yeah I'm the same <laughs> way my teachers used to always be really upset about me about that and I was like well English is my second language so <laughs> excuse 
English, is, like, English is my first language. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. There's, have you seen like that meme? That's like, if you ever correct my English, don't. I don't respect the language. <laughs> I saw that meme and I was like, that's me. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you, English is your second language. What is your first language? Uh, so yeah so I was actually born here um, but my parents uh, were both from Central America Guatemala and El Salvador um, so they uh, grew up speaking Spanish because you know we were colonized by the Spanish um, and so uh, at home we spoke Spanish right. and then when I was about four or five like years old I was around maybe closer to five um, I learned English and then as soon as I learned English, my parents put me in French immersion. So by the time I was like six, seven years old, I could already speak three languages fluently. Um, and I just never learned any correctly. <laughs> I'm trying to learn Spanish at the moment. Are you I, really? I am struggling. My brain is not built for language. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I would just, I would recommend listening to like radio or TV, like just right. like have it on in the background and stuff. I think that helps. What I, what I need is a good Spanish TV show. Like just, just some show which I can just put on and be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this and we'll, we'll figure out as we go. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely, especially like, um, I know Mexico has like a really huge um, like telenovela scene. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be into that, but for sure they have a lot of um, TV that comes out of Mexico and Central America. But yeah, I don't know about Spain, honestly, but I'm or actually Morocco, I think, comes hmm. from Europe, which is a pretty good show and it's in Spanish. Write that one it's down. about it's about one of the wars there i haven't watched it in a long time but i, I did find that one interesting actually but yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure you could find some good i think that's what i found so far is i found <laughs> shows which are in you know the languages tend to be dramas and tend to be very serious and i'm like okay this is great but i also don't need to know the words for murder and <laughs> Like, this you is, a, this is like a criminal drama and I'm like no I just I just need to know how to find the bank and also I guess I there's also so many dialects in Spanish too so that's the only thing about the Mexican um tv is that it would be like very Mexican Spanish yeah um so I don't know if you're ready for that <laughs> I'm barely at my name is Graham. <laughs> my brain yeah. just does not remember words as I go along. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy that you, you, I mean, that you learned four languages. Three. Three languages. Three, yes. Three languages. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm trying to learn ASL. I okay. know, like, the American Sign Language. I don't know if they have a different one in the UK, actually. We, yeah, there is. There's actually this British. It's one of the most annoying things in the world that, that there exists an American and a British version of sign language. That is really weird. Yeah, I never thought about it that until right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, American Sign Language. Wait a minute. And I was like, you live in the UK. You probably wouldn't use American Sign Language. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been trying. I've been learning for about like a year now. Um, okay. And as a substitute teacher, like sometimes uh subs or subs sometimes teachers if they uh like if they just like get sick last minute and there's like not much of a sub plan I'll always like figure out a way to like incorporate ASL <laughs> I'm always like hey kids we're gonna learn ASL today <laughs> so now I'm just like that sub that comes in and teaches ASL I mean that's not a bad thing to do that's, that's, <laughs> no that's memory farming yeah. yeah it's it's I I mainly I use it it's just that I have someone to practice with because yeah. <laughs> if not it's just me by myself learning <laughs> Is it, I mean, so how did you get into teaching then like obviously you you mentioned you got a background in psychology yeah you also mentioned um, you've got produ film production experience so yeah. how do you end up in teaching <laughs> right so weird um I've always been in education which is right. nuts like since I graduated high school, um, I got a job. I was, uh, my partner at the time, his mom is like, his mom's just like the sweetest woman alive. And she, uh, she just 
she found a job posting for like my old elementary engineer high school, which was a French immersion school. And they were like, we're in need of like an EA to replace, um, an EA in here is called an educational assistant. Um, So another term would be like teacher's aid. Um, And they were looking for an EA for kindergarten uh, to replace um, an EA that was going on a mat leave. And she was like, you should apply for this. And she just had so much faith in me. So I was like, okay, I will try. And I applied and that was the the hardest job interview I've ever had to do um, to this day because I was, well, I was, I think it was like freshly like 18 or 19 um and it was in English and in French so it was like the superintendent of the school was asking me questions in English and then uh, the principal of the school was asking me questions in French and they were like it's not even like there was the same question like he would ask me one question and then he would ask me another question and I was like and I was like I literally like left and I was like that was embarrassing like (laughs) I was like who knows like my like 18 19 year old self like I was like who knows how that went and like literally like as I was like getting like back in my car my phone rang and they were like you're hired I was like what (laughs) I was like okay clearly y'all are desperate (laughs) and so yeah so I got that job and um right away because uh and they they knew who I was obviously Mm. because like it it was literally like my old principal um so they like knew my background and stuff and so then they were like yeah, here you go. Here's this job, and then automatically they were like, "We're gonna train you uh, to do to work with the ESL kids as well," because um, like Grand Prairie was starting to grow, and we were starting to get like a lot more immigrants, and so we were starting to get a lot more students that were ESL, and they were like, "You're perfect for that," because they just happened to all be like Latinx students. Um, and they were like, and you just happen to speak Spanish, uh, so so my parents were right in teaching me all these yeah. languages because they were like you'll get job opportunities and right away I did so <laughs> I was like you guys you knew what you were doing <laughs> you figured out the game yeah. early on <laughs> yeah so yeah so I've kind of like always been in education and um the, the goal is to get like a master's in psychology um and I'd love to do like a BIPOC like liaisons like in the schools um, for like BIPOC students and staff, because um, right now we have an indigenous liaisons in okay. the schools in in Alberta where I live and like all the schools. Um, but it's definitely we need a BIPOC one as well because some of the stories that the teachers have told me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, and they're like, like one of my favorite teachers who was like my science teacher in junior high, and he's like a white man, and he was like, I had to like tell children like, like not to use certain words, and like me as a white man, like it's just it's this is not my place. <laughs> <laughs> like you're right like it sounds ridiculous coming out of your mouth like yeah so I'm like I think that'd be like cool so it'd be cool to like create a and I in Grand Prairie is like so small like I literally the superintendent is um my friend's mom (laughs) so I kind of have some connections yeah you got in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um yeah, and, uh, this, uh, she she just she just became a superintendent like in the last year or so, um, and it just coincidentally happened to be like one of my good friends from school. It's her mom, so yeah. So I'm like, Ooh, maybe after like a year of working, can convince her. <laughs> I was gonna like ask then. So do you find? I mean, I guess do you find kids asking a lot about like kind of bicoc issues and and like are they responsive to these these kinds of subjects? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, it's nuts. Um, we especially like well, because so the funny thing is, like I grew up here. Like mm-hmm. so, a lot of the schools that I'm subbing in are like schools that I went to, or like like I know like a lot of the staff because like, yeah. they either either they taught me at one point or I went to school with them and now they're teachers. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so it's like it's quite so so it's funny because. I um I have like firsthand experience of what it's like growing up as like a visual minority in 
small rural yeah. Treaty 7 Alberta. Um, and going into schools, I'm like still seeing like a lot of like similarities from like when I was a kid and like mm -hmm. things are happening. And it's funny because when I was a kid, like I didn't realize a lot of stuff because I just, I didn't know, like how would I have known this stuff? Um, but like now that I've, you know, moved, been somewhat more educated and things like that, I kind of see the world a little bit differently and I know what's appropriate and what isn't and things like that. And so sometimes I'll still see like things that was going on like when I was a kid that like I experienced and stuff. And so I can kind of relate with these students like on another level, um, a lot of like these BIPOC students. Um, and yeah, it's funny because they're like, oh, this is so frustrating because so-and-so said this. And I was like, that's funny because when I had that teachers, <laughs> I was like, this also happened. And um, and so, yeah, so it's kind of funny because now the students, they know me like because mm. I've, I've, I've been working this whole year now. So uh, it's been like a few months now. So now like the students, they know who I am. And if there's ever things like they'll know that like, I'll actually go and like talk to the admin and I have the right words to use and yeah. can explain things a little bit further and things like that. And so, um, yeah, so a lot of students have actually already like been utilizing me and my background to kind of, you know, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say like get their way, but to even just like educate their yeah. white teachers on things that are appropriate and not appropriate. And then also because I'm openly gay and queer and two-spirit and all of that. Um, yeah, a lot of like queer kids too will, will you know, like come to me like, and it's always like every time I'm subbing, these like queer kids are like, I want to stay in at recess and hang out with you. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they're so funny. And, and, and a lot of them actually know that I have like the magazine and stuff too. So a lot of them will follow like yeah. iPad and all of that. So um, well, that means we have to give them a shout out because you're coming on a podcast, which means you right. likely watch your podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Hello to the Catholic students in Grand Prix. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. I work at a Catholic school for Catholic school division. Um, so that's another thing. <laughs> it's almost like, I don't, I don't know, it's like, it's almost like keyword bingo. <laughs> You're just like, okay, so there's this, and then, oh, there's another layer, and then there's another layer to me, which just, it keeps growing. And I'm like, okay, right? It gets more yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah, I sometimes I feel like I'm like a secret agent yep. in the schools. <laughs> It's interesting that you mentioned it though because like it I think it shows how much even just like a small bit of representation how far that'll go in in just within a community like I like you kind of saying like being a minority within a, a school of, I think within our hometown we had like two black kids and that was it and I didn't I didn't meet anyone else until I was in, well into my teens and I always remember having the conversation where it was just like so you know where, how are you learning about like what you're into and he was just like, yeah, it all comes from my mom's side of the family. Like, literally all comes from my mom's side of the family. And none of it was covered in school. None of it was, like, broached. It's like, a, they, oh, it might be interesting to learn this. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people just like to, like, stick to what they know. And I think there's, like, a time and a place for that, too. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, but it definitely is nice to, like, reach out. And I'm always excuse me I'm always like appreciative of um teachers who don't really have detailed subplans because then I get to like squeeze and I'm like oh we're learning social studies history well have you guys <laughs> heard of the land back movement <laughs> I'm like okay grade six let's go <laughs> and it's funny yeah it's yeah it's funny because a lot of these kids are like we would have never learned this and you would have like you wouldn't have come to our classroom and things like that and so yeah so it's kind of exciting in that sense um not really exciting for the teacher who's sick who probably felt bad <laughs> who comes back and was just like well we were learning about this but now everybody's asking me about this what do i do now <laughs> i'm like sorry <laughs> looks like you have to do some research <laughs> yeah. 
Is it, I think, especially with, with teachers, it's, it's interesting to see. I vividly remember we, we used to ask about things in kind of history and geography and, and try and learn more about extra things. But if it's not on the curriculum, they won't tell you about it. And that was no. always the thing. Because these were teachers who'd been doing it for decades. And they're like, no, we stick to the lesson plan and, and do this, this, this. And you're like, what? Well, I, I just want to know this extra little bit of information. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's it's really fascinating because um, here the way that the curriculums are built, it's like it's, it's done in like provinces. So like right. the Alberta school curriculum is very different from the Saskatchewan, very different from the Manitoba. Like they they might have like some similarities and stuff like that uh but actually funny story i'm getting on a tangent now but the the is he called the premier the prime not the prime minister the but yeah the premier of the of the province here he actually got caught um well not him personally getting caught but the people that he works for he got caught uh, plagiarizing the curriculum from like schools in like the states oh and like yeah and, and they were like like schools in like literal like Alabama like that were just like that like low-key had like teaching about like the KKK and like all of this like literal nonsense that he's now trying to like incorporate into like the Alberta curriculum that he just like plagiarized <laughs> like the United States and so now um his name is uh Jason Kenny and so people call him KK Kenny (laughs) 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 he got caught plagiarizing the school curriculum so um but it's funny though because at first everyone was like hooray like the curriculums are finally being updated because from like the 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 curriculum that we've been using has been updated since like 1960 right so like especially like elementary and stuff like literally in the 60s so like people my parents age here in Alberta would have been learning the exact same stuff that like these kids are learning right now so we're like we definitely need to update these and then he comes and updates them and just plagiarizes nonsense from the states and (laughs) we're like no that's not what we wanted (laughs) such an odd choice as well <laughs> I know it was just like any he was just pushing his own agenda really and yeah. <laughs> I mean it's, I, I think it's like it's, we're talking obviously we're in January now um and we're obviously talking about representation and and especially when it kind of like comes to children and whatnot mm-hmm. and then the story came out this week about um them banning mouse the the graphic novel about the holocaust in Texas and they, they they banned it because it's got swear words in it and you're like oh I never heard of that but it's like you're like that's a really important graphic novel people that should that should be in your schools and like no we've banned it I mean you're like <laughs> so yeah it's stealing from the U.S. curriculum is <laughs> not advised <laughs> definitely not right absolutely yeah. not yeah and it's so funny yeah it's yeah it's really interesting how much um like freedom I guess they have and I'm using this in quotation marks for the people who can't see video um, <laughs> um yeah that, that you can make it in the curriculums which is like so silly because I'm like how do these things get approved and it's nuts because the people like doing these are people who have like masters in education and like their PhD in education and I'm like did you not learn anything like <laughs> It's strange to see how it's structured as well, I think, because, I mean, I don't know too much about the U.S. school system, but I know a lot of curriculums are controlled by school councils, and school councils can have any parent on them. Oh. So you don't necessarily have to be educated or anything like that. You you form part of the school council. So if your parent minority comes in and says, oh, hey, we're going to get rid of this, and the school can't fight it because the parents have said so. Yeah, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's a little terrifying. Oh geez, yeah. I definitely I know like I know like a few people um who after getting like their undergrad and education, they were like, I just want to keep going to school because like they worked yeah. in schools for like a year or two, and then they're like, these curriculums are insane. Like, so then they just went back to school so that they could hopefully be the people to like adjust the curriculums and stuff and I've heard so many stories like that like even my own teachers who went back to school to get masters and 
PhDs in education, just so like they can have some type of say in the curriculum. <laughs> so I'm like, geez, yeah. <laughs> And in the UK is just dictated by the government, so we, we, don't, we don't even get those. we in the UK. We've become very cynical about our world. We just <laughs> accepted everything's terrible, and just now we're just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, the last few years of politics in the UK have been have been quite entertaining to watch over here. Oh. <laughs> The great the thing with us is we had such a boring time for a very long time. If nothing really happened in UK politics, obviously we had like Iraq and we did that and, and that was a whole disaster. <laughs> but we were just like, okay, so it's fairly dull. And then all of a sudden the last few years, it's like, oh no, we're just, just going to embarrass ourselves in front of the world. <laughs> it's just so funny because that's like when people think of like the UK and like the British and things like that, it's always like... I, well, at least here, we just have, like, this idea of, like, the red coats and, like, all of this. And then now, like, with your with your new, like, president and so, do you guys call him a president? No, we have a prime minister. Oh, prime minister. Yeah, yeah. right. It's the same as here. Yeah, your prime minister and everything. <laughs> We're just like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the British that we learned about in our textbook. <laughs> I always enjoy the um because it, it kind of coincided with the US electing Trump and there's that meme going around which is along the lines of like it's like oh the US elects Trumps and then the UK comes along and goes hold my beer and <laughs> we can do better than this. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And they have like they have like similar hair. Yeah. Like... <laughs> if anything, I'd say ours is more dangerous. <laughs> oh jeez. Because at least with Trump, everyone kind of understood the situation whereas ours has a weird root in the colonialism of everything we're like uh, well yeah we're fine <laughs> living in the dumpster fire which we are oh geez I don't know I mean yeah I don't know here with our KK Kenny we can't really um we can't really uh <laughs> I mean, it's interesting you say that as well kind of that was my culture shock when I went to Canada was realizing how conservative huge areas of Canada are because from outside it's like Canada's friendly it's you know it's it's the it's the the positive stereotype which wipes out everything else and you're like yeah Canada's friendly they're well whatever and I got over there and I saw some political campaign adverts and I was like wow um yeah (laughs) yeah and 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 like going back to like people live in different realities yeah some people some people genuinely I like it. So uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if you're like aware of a lot of Canadian news right now, but every month um, there's um, Indigenous children's bodies that are being recovered um, on the old uh, residential school camps that um, we have here. Um, And it's, it's funny because we're, we're recovering all of these like, hundreds of bodies every few months Mm -hmm. and uh people here are still like we are so kind and friendly we love our people (laughs) i'm like okay like yes but no (laughs) and um yeah it's just yeah it's 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 really there's there's a lot of white nationalists here um, especially in Alberta mm-hmm. um, and it's it's actually quite terrifying like some of the stuff that people are like protesting and saying and um, how they would want to essentially treat the indigenous people like presently like today and things like that and it, it, it we're like I'm like how could you how could you call yourself like this friendly nation yeah. but then go ahead and spew this rhetoric yeah. <laughs> like, and so yeah so it is it's really funny like living in Alberta right now because people really are in like two different realities where they're like completely like blind to one thing or and there's like actually a lot of people here that I've had conversations with and they're like well the children got sick oh. and, and, I, and I'm, they're like yeah they got polio and that's why, that's why. And Rob was like, I'm like, do you really believe that? <laughs> like, I'm just like, what? And they're like, yeah, like there's so many people who just believe that these children just got, they just got 
just got a little sick. And um, that's just what the nuns and priests had to do. It's just wow. bury hundreds of sick kids, I guess. Because <laughs> like, that's logical. Like, I wish Britain had known about that excuse. Like, they, they were just sick. Just the India, China. They were all just sick. Just, yeah. we, did, we did the right. <laughs> yeah. They, they genuinely are like, yeah, we did the right thing. They were just ill. Wow. And I was like, yeah, and like it's yeah, those people who like are still taking away this like rhetoric from like yeah. whenever this was, like, yeah, because it's just like the 60 scoop thing. And it's crazy because this is like like um even when I was in university actually, um I took a few interior studies classes mm-hmm. and um in in the city that I went to university in actually has uh, the biggest uh, Indian reservation in all of Canada. Okay. Um, and so a lot of students that I went to school with are actually First Nation um, here in Canada. Um, and uh, there was there was a few uh, residential school survivors that were like in some of my classes, actually. And um, which is nuts because I'm like, you are people right in front of me. <laughs> like you're like history. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, like this really wasn't that long ago. Like yeah. I was like, I'm sharing a classroom with you. Like, and you were you were like in these schools during like elementary and things like that. And um, yeah, the stories that they would share. And it's and it's nuts because these people have scars all over their body, their faces, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, one of them walked with a limp um, because a nun pushed him down the stairs because he was trying to visit his sister's dorm um, in the night and he wasn't allowed to do that and so he literally got pushed down the stairs and Mm. to this day he walks with a limp because uh, I can't remember exactly what happened but and yeah like every single one has some type of mark or scar or something from that happened to them at that time that they still carry with them and it's like yeah this really wasn't that long ago let's <laughs> like just say it's, it's, it's a strange it's almost the conflict of kind of representation with it which you find like obviously um with the with your magazine magazine like that's it's a positive representation of people and it's to get those conversations and those stories out and and to generate more conversation for people who are but also for people who aren't to learn about things and educate themselves and then you've got on a wider more global scale countries forcing their representation to things but in such a positive way that it covers up whatever they did and it's like because I I was having a conversation literally today about um, countries in Europe and saying oh you know like what's what's your impression of these various countries and we were saying it's like yeah I, I don't know too much about Italy I don't know too much about Greece because the only representations I have them come from movies and in movies it's just historical and artwork and all these kinds of things and then as soon as you get there you're like oh there's actually like a real underlayer to everything which happened in your country and it's finding that balance and I think I don't know if people I don't know appreciate that <laughs> as much as they should right yeah totally yeah I think um with Canada so-called Canada um is yeah is that a lot of um truth is like coming out now Mm -hmm. like um and it's it's funny because um well where I grew up um I went to school with like a few indigenous people um because it's more like rural here um and so um luckily I did um get to grow up with like indigenous people um here and uh so I grew up kind of like knowing this stuff mm-hmm. and like knowing like a little bit of the history and like you know meeting like their parents from part of the 60s scoop or you know their grandparents and things like that and so um like I I kind of like like knew this stuff growing up and so I was never really like ignorant for lack of better words like I was kind of knew it was a thing and then also my parents were immigrants right so I never had like the Canadian pride of like you know like not my country you know type thing like because I I was I'm first generation like I'm the first one born here like my siblings weren't even born here um and so I think I didn't like have that like bias I was a bit more like open and things like that but um 
but yeah, no, yeah, I definitely like noticed that. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are just like delusional and are like, <laughs> this never happened. And if it did, it was like hundreds of years ago. And yeah. like, <laughs> you know, like it's better now and things aren't affected the same. But I'm like, generational trauma, like it lives, like it, it takes eight generations yeah. to to like overcome that and things like that. And like, um, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, and I think that like, and like even um, like white people have generational trauma as well. Like I'm oh, like, definitely. there's no way that your ancestors were slave owners and you're just okay. Like, <laughs> like, like madness, no way. Like, yeah. it's, 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 I think it's a conversation I've had which is kind of like, so I'm obviously from England. My entire family is from England. And I, I think I did, I did a DNA test at one point. It's like, I'm like the most English, English person possible. There's nothing else like within <laughs> me. And then you kind of sit there and you're like, okay, but what is my contribution to the country as a family? And like, my only saving grace is that we've all been extremely poor. So <laughs> it's like, okay, so we've got a slight, we were, we're slightly minions in everything. But at the same time, we've existed for a very long time, which means we've had to have been involved in all these bad things which happened because we were here you know and I don't have any story of some ancestor fighting for any of this so. uh, that's actually one thing like in Canada that like a lot of people like aren't aware of is that yeah like England has like a really huge like working class like like there's a, there's a lot of like blue collared English working class people and like it's yeah it's funny because when people here like a lot of people here they have they like especially where I live they haven't really gone to Europe and things like that mm-hmm. um and so when they think of like the UK they think of like the queen yeah. all of these other things but I'm like I'm like well England yeah I was like I don't, yeah you guys have like so much history actually like especially um the I'm gonna butcher it but you know the miners yeah for pride what was oh no yeah i I do know the story you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah, yeah. i like recently watched that movie like a year or two ago and i was like i just felt like i learned so much (laughs) i think that wasn't even i think that was like in wales i don't even think it was in england yeah and if something's gonna happen it's not gonna happen in england it's gonna be in ireland (laughs) wales or scotland (laughs) (laughs) but i was like yeah like i just had like a moment of like click and i was like oh yeah like there's like a huge working class population that are like miners and like you know millers and like steel or like yeah. the Thatcher which the what are the ones that called that build the roof the Thatchers oh Thatchers <laughs> Thatchers yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I was like yeah like I was like you kind of like forget that like yeah uh that the UK had like all of these like working people like it's not I don't know because like our depiction of the UK our very uneducated depiction of the oh. UK is like <laughs> it's, it's London and nothing else yeah. <laughs> yeah literally or like we see like all the movies about like the royals and all this other stuff but I was like oh, there's a whole oh, there's a whole other population <laughs> I think it's, it's one of the things as well like it, it comes back to that kind of conversation of how hard it can be just to get information to people of, of especially when it comes to things which are big and generational and huge concepts of happening of like when someone says oh you know this happened your you know your culture is responsible for it the instant reaction is like yeah bad things happen to everybody you know we, we've all got generational trauma and we've all got some some at some level something bad has happened like you say you know England has a huge working class culture. There's been riots and we've invaded the neighbors too many times. And it, it becomes like a comparison game of trauma. And, every, and it's, again, comes to, you should step back and say, well, no, I just need to learn this. I don't necessarily need to apply it. You know, it doesn't have to change how I'm living day to day unless I'm, you know, a huge racist. <laughs> At which point you should change. Um, but yeah, it, it becomes like a defense mechanism of trying to compare. And you're like, no, that's not what this, any of this is about. That's very true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is really funny. Yeah. And I think, I think too, like Canada, because we were colonized by mm-hmm. the British and the French, like our depiction of those two European countries are like, well, they've clearly are very good and successful and have no trouble whatsoever. <laughs> like, look at them. <laughs> look at all these countries that they have 
wonderful, you know, um, yeah. but it's like, no. <laughs> <There's>, yeah. <laughs> Life is peachy in the UK. I get a chauffeur to drive me home and I have scones and tea when I get there. <laughs> right? <laughs> Like reality where I'm sat eating a pot noodle hunched over my sink. <laughs> <laughs> What's the boy to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so funny how much like yeah, we we really need to learn to like step in other people's shoes and just like experience it and just like I like just like appreciate it and then step back. <laughs> definitely, I think that's that's definitely what we do. I think I think your magazine is a big is is could be a big part of that it could be a big step towards that you know it it, present, so. it presents information in a way which is and i'm going to say offensive but isn't you know in your face it's more in a friendly here's just 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 read some stuff and yeah that's literally all it is yeah i'm just like just just browse a little bit pick up things with it and that's yeah that's a cool thing about like a whole magazine is i'm like you don't have to read the whole thing <laughs> like you can read like one or two articles you can look at one or two pictures and get something like it's not like you need to like start front to back you know like you can like that's the cool thing about magazines is you can pick apart like ooh, like I don't know anyone who picks up a magazine and is like I've read this front to back and that was great like no like you know you usually skim through them and find what you like and yeah. things like that or just look Diamond. at it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, do, <laughs> if you do read the magazine front to back please tell me <laughs> I feel like I should send you a medal <laughs> should send you a send you something <laughs> I encourage all people to do that to go pick up yeah. that and read it front to back just to make Mattel happy <laughs> yeah yeah like I said sometimes I feel like I'm like talking to myself <laughs> I know I get that feeling <laughs> But on that note, I think it's probably a good point to round this out. Amazing. Um, yeah, you too. Uh, what's, what's the the website URL which people can go to to find Bipan? Oh, it's very easy. It's just www.bipanmeg.ca. Nice. Because we're in Canada. In. <laughs> we'll drop that in the, the descriptions as well. But it's been lovely to catch up with you. You too. Yeah, I'm so excited to have officially met you. <laughs> hopefully it's painless <laughs> no it was great it was great I was I was like so excited I was like so flattered when you had emailed me and you were like would you like to be a guest I was like me. Yeah. <laughs> I find people interest me and I bring them in that's, that's what doing. I love that <laughs> on that note we will talk to these guys later all right awesome.